One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Their pitch is a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football. Uh, welcome back to Their Pitch podcast. Um, I will take that again. Why did I say podcast? Uh, welcome to Their Pitch. You're a special 2022 with uh, Willie Kirk as usual and uh, two guests. But we start with uh, Willie. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Uh, missed some of the action at the weekend because I was at a, at a friend's wedding, but uh, I'm trying to catch up uh, via highlights. And then looking forward to the quarterfinals starting this week. Yeah, it's for sure going to be a very exciting uh, tournament from now on. Uh, if it wasn't before, but now we are entering the important stage. Uh, and we are two guests. Let's start with uh, Lotte. Uh, let us know who you are and what you do. We're very excited to have you on here. Thank you. Uh, I'm Lotte Branse. I'm uh, from the Netherlands and I'm a data scientist. Um, I combine my job at SciSports, a Dutch company that uses uh, data to find new players in football. Um, I combine this job with like a PhD in, uh, at the KU Leuven in Belgium, where I do a PhD in machine learning and where I apply uh, those techniques on data from the women's game to analyze the developments in the women's game and to see how it progresses, uh, has been progressing over time. Um, that's what I uh, what I do. Like like I said, you're very welcome on this podcast because we are gonna talk some really interesting stuff uh, with you today. Uh, and I I feel so happy to have another Scandi with me uh, today. Uh, also, welcome to their pitch, Lina Johansson. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Lina, and I'm a former goalkeeper of uh, the Denmark national team. I uh, recently retired. Uh, from my professional career and now have a job as a women's football agent for a, a Scandinavian or a Danish uh, Scandinavian uh, company, People in Sport. Yeah, excited to see what, what you uh, are going to be up to um, from now on. Uh, how many caps do you have for Denmark? We need to clarify this. Oof, I have six caps. <laughs> six you, yeah. caps. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was in uh, on DBU um, to 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 uh, just look at it and I was so uh, not sure if if it was the right but then then we know. Uh, and you were in you were play, playing with Denmark uh, the last uh, Euro in the Netherlands, right? Yes, I was. I was a part of the squad and uh, that was a, a really exciting time. Definitely. Yeah. Because you reached the final and Denmark was flying high in that tournament. We were, we were. That was um, a really good time for us and uh, we did really well and I made it to the final and almost made it all the way. We're going to talk a lot more about Denmark later uh, in this episode for sure. But we have to start with Sweden and uh, we are in collaboration with Adidas Football and 
the how to stop sweden.com uh, guide and really we we need to talk about this again now because the performance from sweden in in the group stage do you think that this guide uh, has helped the opponents in any way i'd love to ask the question once the tournament was finished to their opponents to see if they paid any attention to it and how it influenced maybe players mentality or thoughts going into games but uh Yeah, I think we've spoken about it before. It's such an interesting concept. It's very un-Scandinavian and un-Swedish, but uh, I, th- I think it's a real head mess for some teams. And coaches, I, th- I think if I played against them, would I? I probably would read it, but then, yeah, you think, do we trust the information? Do we play against the information? Yeah, it's very interesting, but I think Sweden's performances uh, have been obviously been a little bit varied but last night last night was fantastic and they're in a strong position now to to progress even further yeah this guy is just fooling with and messes with everyone's head i feel like and julina who's uh, who is also a scandinavian uh, citizen what do you think about uh, an approach like this from sweden <laughs> well, I agree with Willie. I think it's it's quite un-Scandinavian to put out something like this. Um, I can't really decide if if I think it's arrogant or cheeky or what it is. <laughs> But it's a funny idea and uh, it's clearly working. It's a, it's a talking point and maybe that's just the purpose of it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it, it's a good mix. I feel. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I don't know um, if if the teams are looking at that. I think uh, all the teams are a little where they have people uh, working on on proper analysis as well. So uh, maybe maybe not so much. Are you saying this is not proper analysis? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I haven't read it. I have to say so. So I don't know how how thorough it is. No, uh, Lotte, you work with data. What do you think about this approach from from the Swedish national? team and the Swedish FA together with Adidas. I think it's actually pretty cool uh, uh, to do something like this. Like they're one of the big favorites of the tournament. So I think it's cool to do it. And I agree, like I think most of the teams, they have their own analysts who will also you know, be able to get this kind of information from the data that they got. Um, so I think, but I think it's cool to put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I think it's pretty cool as well. So I will stick to that from now on. It's It's a cool thing. So before we dive into Sweden uh, against Portugal last night, um, we are almost done with the group stage uh, because the final games of Group D, uh, who that will decide Sweden's uh, opponent in the quarterfinal, will be played tonight, uh, Monday, July 18th. And uh, so, Willie, what do you make of of? the group stage and the games played so far and and your perspective on the whole tournament yeah, i think it's it's it, i mean without a doubt it's such a high level the tournament you know i think every tournament you see an improvement but this is probably for me the the biggest improvement between tournaments it's it's fantastic i think going into the tournament we thought there was maybe six different countries could win it uh possibly seven because i think some people mentioned norway as a potential winner just because of the forward line and that's probably been the biggest talking point so far of the tournament is 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 Norway failing to get out of the group stage but the, the games have been excellent not every big team big country has had their own way in every game you know you've seen 
France-Belgium, not France not really getting their own way throughout that game. So it's, it's been great because it's been a lot level, a lot more level playing field, even despite a couple of big results, which happens in tournaments, which happens in both the women's game and the men's game. Let's not kid ourselves, those people who think it only happens in the women's game. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think so far it's lived up to its to what we hoped it would be. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious about uh, what you think about this, Lena, as a former player, uh, because it's been discussed in Swedish media uh, the recent days about the fact that uh, results like 8-0-5-1, it's not good for the women's game. Uh, What do you think about that? Um, I'm a bit surprised about how many big uh, victories we've seen. Uh, I know there are always some, but I mean to see to see an England Norway game at zero. I did not expect that. I don't think anyone expected that. Um, so I kind of feel like this year this proven to be a bigger difference uh, between the good teams uh, and the other teams. And to me, that's something new. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it. It was a shock, uh, the 8-0 uh, game for sure. But I mean, do, Lotte, do you think that this is, um, I mean, this is obviously uh, a part of the quality increasing uh, in the game. Um, what, what's your take on this? You work with like facts. Yeah. So so in general, we see like the, the game uh, has been improving, like, also, like uh, for the lower teams, I think uh, I've seen like the many vintage games. Of course, like Netherlands against Portugal, we had like a difficult game against them. Um, so I think in general, some of the teams uh, have improved. But I think like like Lina saying, like the top teams, the differences between them and some of the others has become uh, has increased. Uh, but I think in general, like also I did some analysis on like uh, not like the national teams, but more like the club teams uh, all around Europe and also the the states and uh, Australia. And there you see, like, in general, like, all players are improving, like, uh, all players on the pitch are also more involved in the game. Uh, so not only the, the strikers in the midfielders, but also, like, the wingbacks and the goalkeepers tend to be more involved in, like, the passing game. Um, so I think in general, it has been improving, but, like, so, like, 8-0, it's, like, not a, I don't think, I don't think it's good for the women's game, but, like you said, we also seen this in the men's game, uh, uh, like, the 7-1 between Brazil and uh, Germany once. Yeah, I think tournaments is all about, you know, form of the, de- uh, the, the, the form uh, today, here and now uh, from a team. And we, we spoke about this a little bit the last time we recorded, Willie, about the fact that Sweden, uh, as an example, the last summer when they play in the Olympics, uh, they had practically all of their starting players uh, were leading uh, players in, in their club teams. Uh, they played every game. They started for their clubs, and we don't. It's not like that uh, going into the Euros. But Sweden did actually. Uh, they 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 played played very well uh, last night. Um, they they beat Portugal five nil. And do you really feel when you watch that game? Is this the Sweden we are going to see from now on? Yeah, I think I think it was highlighted that. The number of players who were no longer first picks at their club was maybe causing some problems. But now that they've had three games under their belt on top of a couple of friendlies leading into it, you know, I think you can now see those players getting a bit of rhythm. 
to their game. So uh, I, th- I think I think Sweden will only get stronger. You know, I still predict them as one of the three teams that's got to win it. Uh, but yeah, they, they will continue to get stronger now. Last last night's performance was very, very good. They also managed to get some players on the pitch again to get minutes in their legs. So it probably gives them more options as they go further in the tournament. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think it maybe was a problem for the first couple of games, but I don't think it'll be a problem going forward. As a coach, looking at the way uh, Sweden scored last night and uh, the opponent, uh, they scored from a lot of set pieces, obviously. Three set pieces, one penalty, and then we managed to get a go- open, open play goal from Stina Blackstenius. Do you think that this is something to be worried about uh, going into the quarterfinal, uh, the lack of goals from open play? No, I don't think so. I think they dominated the game. Uh, from start to finish and, and they, they could have scored more. So they were creating chances. I know there was a few fantastic deliveries got put in that people just never managed to get on the end of, but they, they will on a different day. I think they've got so many options in the forward line that it's just a matter of, I suppose, the manager getting that, the right balance in every game and making sure he's got the right threats on the pitch for the opponent they're playing against. But I, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a major worry. I think it was a major worry when Spain scored their goals from set pieces and they didn't score from open play because we highlighted before the tournament that they may have a problem because there's no recognised top-level centre-forward. But, yeah, I think Sweden, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think it's only a problem if we want it to be a problem and try and highlight it. Yeah, it makes me very relaxed hearing you say that. So we can leave Sweden now by the, with those words. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about Netherlands Portugal because uh, I'm sure Lotte you were there to to see your national team. Yeah, you mean the the last night uh, game? But oh, sorry. <laughs> of course, Netherlands versus Switzerland. What what did you make of of uh, that game? Um, I think to be honest, I think the, the the Swiss were like most of the game they were better than uh, than us. Uh, I was indeed in the stadium. It was like, well, it was really cool to be like in a stadium with so many people watching uh, such a game. Um, I think the Dutch, yeah, I think we, we started playing better when like the young players uh, came on. So like the, the, like the big stars, uh, like, like Martens and Van der Donk, they left the pitch and then some youngsters uh, came on and they, they did, did really well. Um, and then the, back then, actually when they came on, um, I think there was some more movement in front. And that uh, was actually what led to the to the goals being scored. But I think, to be honest, the Swiss at some point in the second half I was like, oh, "Damn, we're gonna we're gonna get out of the, the tournament." So uh, it's all tight. Then in the end, we were actually hoping to even beat Sweden as the number one, but uh, we couldn't manage to score enough goals. Yeah, my heart almost stopped when I when I saw the result <laughs> in the final minutes of that game because then when Stina Blackstedio scored at fifth, and I was like, "Oh." Pew, like we say. Yeah, oh, I had another reaction when I saw her scoring. Uh, so I was watching on my phone what the score was in Sweden. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but we're no both our national teams are through to the quarterfinals, so we'll have to be happy about that. Lena, did you watch any of these games last night? I watched um, the second half of the Sweden game, and I I really like what I saw. They, I think they played really well. They dominated, and uh, I think from a player perspective, it's really nice to go into the, to the next stage of the tournament uh, with that kind of confidence 
um, scoring five goals and just feeling like you you had a good game as a team. From what you have seen from Sweden so far, who is your player to watch? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I know there's. The, I know there, <laughs> there are, are so, so many. many I know that. Black Stenius had a good game. I think um, she just looked confident on the ball and and strong physically as well. Um, so I like that. Yeah, I mean, she scored three times actually. Uh, two yeah, or the two. Upside. <laughs> yeah, the upside <laughs> goal as well. Yeah, but she did score. That's the main part. So exactly. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. We move back a couple of days now because I want to talk about your, um, Spain uh, versus Denmark because I must admit I w- was very impressed by Denmark uh, in that game, uh, like very much. Um, Willie, did you watch that game? No, that was the day I had the wedding. Oh, so I never seen it. I never knew there was any football on that day. You you have to watch so. it. That that was. It was, I was surprised with the result when I seen it because I'd been to the previous Denmark game and and I thought they were poor against Finland, but I think they played into Finland's hands a little bit by just going direct all the time. So I, I was interested to actually see how they set up against Spain, and it was obviously a fairly positive result in terms of they were always in the game. Yeah, I actually watched the pass network, um, and and you can see that Penilla Hardo was playing up front uh, almost by herself uh, from time to time but but Lena this was a great performance from Denmark we can't deny that and it's like the best team uh, progressed uh, to the to the quarterfinal of course if you look at it but i mean Denmark almost broke my heart a little bit for for Denmark when when Spain scored in the final minutes of that game but What what do you feel um, from Denmark's performance? Um, I um, I feel the same way. <laughs> it was a bit heartbreaking because uh, they put in such a great performance. Um, they had a game plan and they followed it uh, to the very end. So uh, it was uh, sad to see that Spain got the goal in the end because I think Denmark really deserved at least a draw. Um, as you say, seeing it over the three games, they are probably not uh, in a place right now where they're good enough to go through. Uh, but I saw the interview with Penila Hara after the game, and she said uh, that she was very, well, as you can say, very happy about the game, or at least the way they they played and followed the game plan. She mentioned maybe they should have done something similar against against Germany and maybe that would have been a different result uh, but in the end uh, what you can expect from that group is that they took the points against Finland which they did but they knew they were going to have a hard time against Spain and against Germany so they they kind of got what you could expect but of course they had hope for more and um, I think she she said it in exactly the right way um, so this is going to be a, a really really 
when they come home and they, and they get over the the disappointment, I think they have learned a lot from this and it will make them a lot stronger uh, for the World Cup next year, which they have already qualified. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think her words were also like, if you're going to uh, leave a tournament, uh, you you want to leave a tournament with a performance like this and not the performance they put up uh, against Germany. So, yeah, it, it was very... Yeah, it was a very good thing to say, you know, also as a captain. But what does it, um, what does it mean for like Denmark? You played in the final the last Euros and now this Euros you, you exit in the group stage. What, what do you make of it? Or do we even have to make something out of it? I'm not sure. Of course, I think everybody had expected them kind of to go further based on, on the result in, in Holland in 2017. But we have to remember that it's a very different team now. If you look at the players that are in the squad now, they're very young, they're um, unexperienced in terms of their national, in terms of national team games and, um, and playing tournaments like this. Um, I think from the starting lineup against Spain, there were maybe three players that have uh, been in the squad or, uh, or that were starting players in 2017. So you need those girls, the other girls to uh, actually get those those games under their belt um, because it will make them more pre- prepared for next time. Um, so it's a work in progress, I think you can say, a, a teamwork in progress. But it's a lot of young, talented girls and I think they will do well in the future. Yeah, and for some reason, as a Scandinavian, right now, this is me talking with the emotions and just this is very new, but... I feel more positive about Denmark uh, than perhaps Norway. So let's switch Scandinavian team. Um, Willie, we need to talk about Norway now. Uh, because like Norway versus Austria, what, what, what are we even going to say about that game? Yeah, it's the sh- definitely the shock of the tournament. You know, if you've got a forward line of Guru Ritten, Graham Hansen and Hegerberg, you should be getting out that group, I think, when you look at the, the countries in the group. But yeah, I mean, f- first of all, you know, I think, I think Austria have been, have been excellent. You know, I think they're, they don't have any superstars really. As obviously, like Zabrazil plays for Bayern Munich, but she doesn't, she doesn't, I think, give across the the impression that she's a big superstar in the Austrian team. She just she treats it like you know anything else, and I think that's helped them. I think they've got a really strong. They look like they've got a really strong unit, team unit, and uh, yeah, they've obviously produced a fantastic result against Norway. But Norway must be so so disappointed with the talent they have, middle to front. I think we always were a little bit worried about what they had at the back, and that's that's proven to be the case. They've been so so poor defensively but they'll be really disappointed to exit the tournament. Yeah, because one of the questions that we got in uh, was that a lot has been said about their defense being the reason behind Norway's poor showing at this Euros. Uh, What are your thoughts about it? And yeah, maybe you you did answer that question now. So Yeah, they're just not... the, The level of players they have throughout the team is there's such a disparity between the players in the forward line and the players in the back line. You know, and even if you look at some like the young fullback Julie Blackstad, we know about her attacking qualities as a fullback. But I thought defensive qualities, especially in the England game, was really highlighted. 
uh, that when you have the ball, she's a great asset, and when you don't have the ball, you don't have her at left back. <laughs> uh, and 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 I think I think they're probably lacking a top a top class goalkeeper. Uh, not that I think by any manner means that you know the eight 0 defeat or the two 0 defeat was down to the goalkeeper, but uh, I think when you have that experienced uh, top level goalkeeper, it gives the back four more confidence. I knew that personally, having uh, Tini Coppola, the Finnish goalkeeper in my back line at Everton, and in Tini's first year, as soon as she came into the team, the average defenders became good defenders because they had so much confidence in the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper spoke them through every situation and makes a huge, huge difference and, and I, I don't think they have that just now. I want to ask you something now uh, as a coach and from we obviously look at, at this from the outside but how much of not Norway's performance in just necessary but from looking at, at the team's performance like that How much do you think is on the coach, and how much is on the players? I used to always say, be it right or wrong. I used to always say, when we lose, it's my fault, and when we win, you guys get the credit, and that's the way it should be, and that's the way it always is. Now, the reality is not always the same as that, uh, but the, the the manager will, and I think he's he's already. He's already taken responsibility, especially for the England game. So I think the manager has to take responsibility. Unfortunately, that is because it's easier to change one manager than it is twenty-three players, and especially in a national team where you, you know that is that is your that is your resources. You know your players, your player pools not going to change that much. You know suddenly you can't go out and make a few few nice signings. Uh, so the manager has to take responsibility. Uh, so. Yes, yeah. That that was a very good answer, I think. Like with the when we lose, it's my fault, and when we win, it's yeah. That that's uh, something to think think about for sure. Um, we're not gonna dive deeper into Norway's misery because I think um, I, I think that both players and the management are very disappointed on how that went. So. Um, Let's move on because today uh, Sweden's quarterfinal opponent will be decided in Group D, and in Group D the strongest uh, team, obviously uh, so far, is France. Uh, Lotte, have you seen France play? Yes, I have. Yes, I'm a bit afraid of them uh, facing them in the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah, because that's the Netherlands yeah, opponent yeah. Uh, in the quarterfinal. Do you think that? Um, They are going to be without their star player and best striker, uh, Marie Antoinette Catoto. Do you think that that will help the Netherlands at all? Yeah, I think it will partly help. Of course, like it's like their best player. Uh, I think I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Catoto, so I think it's pretty sad for her and for the team that. Uh, She's injured. Um, I think it will help the Dutch. I think in general the the, the French have so many good players that they will be able to, you know, put a good uh, starting eleven uh, in there for sure. Um, but yeah, it will uh, of course it will help us a bit. I mean, you have got Viviana Miedema, so yeah. Hopefully she's back because she's still uh, she's still uh, uh, like she still has COVID. I think. Um, 
But hopefully she will be back uh, by the end of the week because we really miss her uh, in front. Yeah. Yeah. And and Lina, when when you played, if we're going to talk about this because uh, Spain is without Alexia Poteas, uh, France is now without uh, Maria Antoinette Catoto, um, and it has been a lot of talk about the last couple of days about Penilla Harder's uh, role in 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 and for Denmark. Um, what what do you think about? This discussion uh, about one player, uh, if one player is missing, that could ruin the whole team. Yeah, I think it's um, obviously uh, most of the teams, they have these profiles that are very important to them. Um, the players that you've already mentioned. And I think it does something to a team when they lack a player that's so important. Um, so then it maybe comes down to to the rest of the players and how they function as a group if they are able to um, to rise above it. Because sometimes they are, and you get surprised about that, and sometimes things fall apart. Um, so that, I mean, we'll see it with friends, how it goes um, tonight. It's going to be interesting. What I noticed is that they've looked very strong um, offensively. And when you think about it, they have a lot of different goal scorers, actually. It's not like Katoto has scored all their goals, then I would be more worried. Um, but of course, she does an amazing job up there in front. Um, so they will be missing her definitely. Um, yeah, be interesting to see. I think uh, Spain, for example, has struggled after losing Boteas. So um, for some teams, it works, even though they are without them. For others, it don't. Yeah, and speaking of star players, uh, Willie, England, do they have a player uh, that that if if one player in England uh, couldn't play, uh, do you think they have one of those players that? It would like get noticed if if one were missing with the football they are playing right now. I think the one player who is hard to replace directly is Kira Walsh. I think Kira, you don't notice Kira until she's not there, and then you notice the massive, the massive uh, gap that that that's created when she's not there. So I think everybody's replaceable on that team probably. Uh, Apart from Kira. And that's a really interesting one because nobody, you know, she's not a Pernilla Harder, she's not a Ada Hegerberg, she's not a, a Vivian Miedema. It's, you know, she's a different type of player and she's, she's just got a really quiet role in the team, but it's so, so important for England and just her composure on the ball. I don't think anybody has that. Explain her role for those who are listening and, and, do not know who Kira Walsh is or what she plays. What what is it that she does for this England team? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think her 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 weakness is defending. I think she reads the game very well, but I think she can get exposed down the sides of her. Uh, you can bypass her sometimes if you move the ball quickly, but. On the ball, she's so, so important. She's basically a, a receiver and giver. She takes it and she moves on. She takes it and moves on. Everything goes through her. Uh, I know playing against her when she's at Manchester City, you, instead of trying to stop her once she's got the ball, because she's got so much composure and she uses her body so well to, to turn players and uh, to make her decisions. So actually what I feel you have to do is to stop the ball getting to her because once she's got it it's very hard to get it off her because she uses her body so well she moves it intelligently she makes really good uh, passing decisions 
She slows the game down. She speeds the game up. She can play short. She can play medium. She can play long-range passes. She's fantastic on the ball, fantastic ability. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the key for opponents is to try and stop the ball getting to her because once she's got it, it's too late. So uh, I'm going to ask this question to all of you. You're, you will have the opportunity to answer it. Uh, is England uh, the team to beat to win the whole tournament from what you have seen from the group stage? Let's let's start with uh, Lotte. What do you think? Uh, oh, that's a tough question. I think... <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are, yes. Um, so I think I'm also impressed by France and actually Sweden, uh, Sweden as well. Uh, I think those three uh, are like the big favorites for me. Uh, but I think England has been most impressive so far. Um, and also with like their fans like uh, playing at home, I think that will also help them. I think they've got a really good coach. And I got like a lot of good players that they can also like quite uh, easy replace like uh, really just said uh, except for Kira maybe but uh, I think in general they have like a lot of good players they can just uh, substitute them and have some new energy in there and uh, so I think they're re- they're really, really good so I guess they're the team to beat Lena do you agree? Yeah I have to say I do uh, I agree with everything Lara just said <laughs> <laughs> Easy <laughs> Yeah no but honestly as we just discussed uh, they have a a strong team, a, a strong group, uh, a strong bench as well. And um, we all know their coach, um, how strong she is too. So, and also I think for them, just playing at home uh, makes a big difference as well. gives them an extra energy. Um, so they, they just look really good these days. And Willie, we'll leave it to you now. And you, you can answer this question and then you will have to predict England, Spain. Okay, I think uh, I think home advantage means England are the team to beat, but I think Germany. Nobody's mentioned Germany still, and I think they've they've got an incredible squad. The energy they've got, they. I mean, the Germans have always been good at outrunning opponents, out fighting opponents. Uh, they've got such a great balance now between youth and experience. Some of the young players have got coming through the changes they made for the game at the weekend, and uh, so I, I think Germany are a massive, massive danger to anybody. Uh, and I think does it does it now work out that Sweden would play Germany in the semi final if they both get through? No, Sweden will play England uh, or Spain. And this, oh, that, oh, that's right, that's right. Yes, so England or Spain. I think I think England will win because Spain will struggle to score and Spain will struggle to create many clear-cut chances. I think they will pass them to death, but I don't think they will actually be able to progress the ball into the final third often enough. Uh, and then England, England. You know, Spain's Spain's biggest area of doubt is how they have so much of the ball, how do their defenders then cope with counter-attacks against And I think England have really got the players to punish them with long hemp, uh, especially you know if you can if you can release her in behind, it's you know if she's on her game at all, it's it's going to be hard for Spain to to prevent that. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, England win uh, by a lot of goals actually, or I'm seeing a penalty shootout coming. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I, I think they'll win. I think they'll win in 90 minutes. I don't know if it'll be a massive result, but 
I think I think we'll do enough. That's the that's the impressive thing about this England team and Serena is our game management is very good and England's game management has become very good and they have found different ways to win games now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting game uh, in so many ways because they played each other in February in the Arnold Clark Cup. I think it was one-one draw. Yeah. Um, so, but the goal scorer for Spain was Alexia Poteas. Just saying. And so let's see. Uh, exciting week ahead, uh, for sure. We're going to talk about your work now, Lotte. Tell us what you have seen in, in this tournament so far with data and, uh, you know, everything in science, data and science. Uh. Yes. Okay. Um, so what I did uh, look at uh, to start with is like the, just the passing numbers. Um, so in general, like uh, across the game, we see like a lot of improvements uh, or like yeah, improvement in terms of uh, technical skills, I think, and also like tactics. Um, so that's not only just in the national teams, but also like in, in, in other leagues. And I compared like the numbers with like the uh, the Women's World Cup uh, 2019 Olympics uh, and also like the, the, the match play before that. Then we see like in general, like, uh, increase in pass accuracy, uh, across uh, all matches. Um, and then I looked a bit deeper in the, into those numbers, like, okay, how come uh, they are like uh, increasing? So in general, we see like the, the more difficult passes that, that are more difficult to, to, uh, well, to get accurate to your, to your teammates. Um, so that's the ones that you played into, uh, into the final thirds. Like the accuracy from those are like, uh, like higher. Um, so that's, might be uh, caused by players playing the ball uh, in a in a better way, uh, but we also see like a more uh, more players being involved in the passing game, like I already said before. So it's not uh, like the centre backs and the wing backs and the goalkeepers; they're more involved, and they also increase their passing accuracy, and they also tend to choose more often for like uh, like a shorter pass uh, than like a longer ball that the goalkeepers did like uh, before, and like longer balls more often. Uh, well, being uh, able to like, uh, 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 an opponent can like intercept those passes. Um, that's what, uh, what I saw in general. Um, and then, um, yeah, maybe, so maybe the style is more focusing on like keeping ball possession and less on like, uh, generating some optimistic chances by putting the ball, uh, ball long. Uh, and then something that strike out was actually like the switch of play action. So we already touched upon uh, Kira Walsh before. Um, well, she's also performing best on that uh, in terms of, Accuracy and also number of those passes uh, in the current Euros. So what I mean by such a play actions are like the pass that you receive from one side of the pitch and then you give a long ball uh, at least 20 meters to the other side of the pitch. So you're opening up the play or like switch the, the play to the other side. Um, and then I, I saw that like England and Spain are doing it the most of all, uh, of all teams. Um, and then, oh, like I said, Kara Walsh doing it most and also best. And then also from uh, from Spain, uh, we see Patrick Cuyares and uh, Bomati doing this quite often, but mostly Patrick. Uh, and also from uh, uh, Germany, like Lena Oberdorf, uh, doing this often with high accuracy. Um, and a bit related to that is also like the speed of play. Um, so you can look at how how long like a player needs time to move on to do like the next action after receiving the ball from a teammate. Uh, and this is like uh, also like uh, increasing rapidly in the women's game over the years, um, also in the national team uh, matches. I think that's really cool. Um, so the, the speed of play is increasing, especially in the final third. So when receiving the ball there, players, uh, well, they're also like uh, on a higher pressure, so they need to move on faster. 
um, so we see that they do that more uh, like fa faster, but also with higher accuracy. So they receive the ball, they put it quickly, uh, like with higher speed to a next teammate, uh, but also with higher accuracy. So that's uh, that's cool. And again, like Spain and England score really high on this in this tournament. France as well. Uh, and I was a bit, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised, but the Netherlands is doing like from all quarterfinalists, the Netherlands is having the like the lowest speed of play uh, at the moment in the in the final third. Um, so by final third, I mean like the last third of the, of the pitch. Um, so yeah, hopefully the Dutch can do this a uh, bit better in the next uh, match against France. I'm actually kind of curious, Lina. Lina, uh, when you hear all uh, all of this, like uh, this is uh, research and, and data and science and the way the women's game are developing at the moment, um, from your time as a pro player, has this been tools to uh, improve the game, or is this is this a new thing in the women's game to use data and and analysis in this way? Mm, I think it's a newer thing. Um, there's been data and statistics available for some time, obviously, and uh, I think it varies a lot how much it's actually used in different clubs and um, for different players. So I think the more professional the clubs get, maybe um, the more they use this kind of information uh, because it's out there. And I think... It's nice to hear that you can actually see it in the research that um, the game is improving because I feel like it's improving when you when you look at it and when you play it. But to actually hear the numbers is nice <laughs> uh, that it is actually true. And that's one of the reasons why the, the quality gets better on the field and maybe also the reason why it's more uh, entertaining and more popular to watch. Willie, in what way do you think that... Um, data and analysis and scouting can improve the women's game and the quality of it um, even more. Because I feel like sometimes it's hard to, to tell even professionals within the women's game uh, how it can help all of these things that Lotte just uh, talked about. Yeah, I think it, uh, it helps us not miss anything because... We, you always need a combination of what you see with your eye and the numbers. I think looking at either in isolation is dangerous, especially when we have the numbers available now. So you always miss so much when you when you think you're seeing things and then the numbers might tell you something different or might back up your original thoughts, which is important as well. Uh, and, and I remember speaking to a, a coach once and they were unhappy because one of their fullbacks covered a kilometre less than their other fullback. And I was like, but what's the context of the game? Like, did everything go down the left-hand side? You know, did, that player was, I think, making her third, third or fourth appearance for the national team. Was she a little bit nervous and never wanted to go forward as much? So covered less ground. Like, just looking at one or the other, it can be dangerous. So first of all, I think you have to make it, you always have to add context to the stats and the numbers and I also think you need to make them relevant to you as a team so you know if we look at some of the some of the statistics uh, we've just spoke about in terms of speed of play or pass accuracy uh, is that the most important stats to me as a club because I might be working at a club in the bottom three or four teams in the league so actually our out of possession becomes more important 
So you have to wait a little bit more about, you know, what is important to me? Is it because, well, everybody wants to keep possession? So let's look at possession stats. Well, my players are only good enough to keep possession. So I might need to look at out of possession and recoveries and where about in the pitch we're recovering the ball or how long does it take to get pressure back on the ball once we lose it. So I, th- I think all, all of these progressions and developments in the game are fantastic. And, and an important point that Lena says, we watch it and we think the game's improving, but now we've got the stats to build it up, uh, to back it up. And that, that becomes really important and, and becomes really comforting. And we're not actually just getting carried away with the publicity around the game. And we're going, yeah, yeah, we're getting better all the time. Well, really, are we? And, and I think the numbers back that up. So, Yeah, I think it's interesting because I often like go to to Jesper, who I'm working with a lot, at playmaker. And then I say, oh, Jesper, I, I have a feeling when I watch this player that this player is very similar to this player. Can you Can you... Can you watch, look at the data and tell me if I'm right or wrong, uh, rather than looking at the data and then looking at the players? Because, you know, we all uh, watch, we look at it from different perspectives. But for me, I, I watch uh, first and then I go to the data to see if I'm right or wrong uh, or right or wrong, but just to, to back me up or, or not. But it's an interesting question. But I do know, Lotta, that you have uh, uh, done more previews and predictions with with data ahead of this tournament and tell us what the prediction before the tournament started uh, was and what are we seeing now yeah so um so before the tournament um we actually predicted like sweden and france to be the the big favorites of the tournament yes of course <laughs> and um, um actually also spain and england and Netherlands were, were up there um they haven't changed a lot, so I must be honest, we don't uh, incorporate any uh, injuries in the predictions. Um, actually, because we have done this more often also for the for other tournaments, um, and we noticed that it doesn't really make the predictions a lot better if you incorporate uh, injuries. Uh, but I do believe, uh, with my gut feeling, that the injuries do have influence, of course. Um, but actually, we still see that, that, that Sweden and France, but also England now, they have increased in their predictions. Uh, I like the main favorites for the for the tournament. Uh, the Netherlands have dropped uh, quite a bit, um, and the Germany also a bit higher than at the beginning of the tournament. Um, so we update the predictions every time a match has been played, and then uh, well, we can simulate the tournament again and see what uh, the most likely uh, likely outcome is. Um, and we actually predict like a Germany France semi final on the one hand side, and on the, on the other side uh, England Sweden. Well, like England against Sweden, of England against Spain will be like a close call, actually, according to the model. Um, so maybe that's again because of the injuries of Spain that they're not like in the model. But I think uh, I think Spain is still has a chance against uh, against England. Yeah, tell us where we can find this uh, prediction. Uh, yeah, you can find them. At, uh, so we have like a sports analytics lab at uh, Leuven. So it's called DT. AI. Uh, if you Google that, you will find and you uh, predictions. You can you can find it. Um, so it's something I did together with some other PhD students. So I should also mention them. Um, we did this together, and we do this actually at all tournaments, uh, women and men. Um, we uh, provide the predictions, and uh, you can find them there. So we have, uh, if if your prediction is uh, correct, then we have France versus Germany in the se- in one semi final, and England versus. Sweden uh, in the other. Elina, do you believe this prediction? 
Do you feel it? It could be the right. I think it's quite likely. Yes, I actually do. Yeah, glad to hear. Then, then, then all of this is settled. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but predictions are always there to are, they're yeah, yeah. always there to beat, of course. So it's the most likely. But uh, I still hope for some kind of surprise somewhere. It would be good. Yeah, but. Not no surprise on the Sweden side of the you know <laughs> okay <laughs> other other teams can surprise negatively or positively that's that's fine but okay, okay. Uh, I feel my my heart can take uh, <laughs> another performance from Sweden like the one versus Switzerland oh it I mean obviously Switzerland was really good and I think that they were really good uh, yesterday and uh, probably versus the Netherlands as well but. But let's uh, round this episode off uh, because this has been uh, a lot of fun. I hope you had uh, have had fun as well, and that we have all learned something today. Uh, that that's the main point. Willie, what do you take away f- from what we have talked about today? Yeah, I, th- I think we all were in agreement with a number of things. You know, I think the the levels of the game are progressing without a doubt, and and as I say, that's for me is probably. Then the the best part about it is to see these numbers back that up. So uh, and yeah, I will definitely be in touch, Lotter, to try and dig into these numbers a little bit more and try and get some more knowledge from you. Yeah, and I want to thank you both, Lotta and Lena, for coming on. Um, so thank you, and uh, let's see if our predictions will be right. Hope you enjoyed this. Sure did, sure did. Yeah, thank you. I did. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Willie, we will be back after the quarterfinals being played uh, with a lot of analysis and hopefully the predictions we have been uh, speaking <laughs> about today will uh, come true. Let's just wrap this episode up uh, and uh, see you soon. See you soon, yeah. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.